Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon, the final football Friday of the 2018-2019 season, and we are absolutely packed uh, coming up on the show, and it's a busy show with that. The first hour of the program going to be devoted to Iowa and Iowa State. Tom Kakert is going to check in at about 10.20, 10.25, somewhere around there. Depends if we talk too long in the first segment. Our intentions say 10.20, but I know what usually happens. Trent Condon, mm-hmm. we go a little bit long here, and I'm sure today will be no different. But Tom Kakert is going to preview a big, big, big game at Carver-Hawkeye tonight. Banged out. Uh, Michigan, the best team in the Big Ten. Depends who you talk to. Depends what day of the week it is. If it's not them, it's Michigan State, but it's Michigan, who's at Carver-Hawkeye tonight. Iowa trying to get back in the win column, and it's not going to be easy, although I'm seeing a lot of love for the Hawks out there. Chad Leistakow, Des Moines Register, the latest to say, watch that money line for Iowa. I think he's plus 185. He's got a pretty good feeling, Leistakow does, about this one tonight. So we see if he's proven right, and he's not alone uh, with with that theory. Then Dylan Montz checks in. You know, it's a big spot tomorrow. It's a big spot for Texas tomorrow. Sure. Texas is the lone four-win team in this conference full of five-win teams. And Texas, if they pick off Iowa State at Hilton tomorrow, they're right back in the race. All of a sudden, you got to include the Longhorns when you're talking about Kansas and K-State and Texas uh, and Iowa State and Baylor. I'm going to put Texas in the conversation if they can win tomorrow. And to nobody's surprise, they've got some athletes on that team. <coughs> Excuse me. That went down the wrong Ooh. way. Uh, but it wasn't even anything. But Iowa State's got some guys as well. So big mm-hmm. spot tomorrow, 1 o'clock. You can hear the game on 100.3 The Bus. WHO, 1040 WHO has the Hawks in Michigan tonight. Uh, coverage getting underway. Now, I'm not sure what they're going to do to Simon Conway. We know the ball tips at 6. And Bobby and Dolph will be there at that time, if not before. How are you today? Uh, not too bad. Got the carpet ripped up last night. Did you do it yourself? I did, yes. Uh, Saving a little dough? Oh, absolutely, because there's going to be a lot of dough coming back out the backside of things after the busted pipe from yesterday. Plumber's coming over today. Got a, I don't know, water restoration place coming in, and away we go. Uh, might have to spend a lot of time in the man cave here over the next couple of weeks. Could be worse places to spend it. Very time. true. Uh, now, I was uh, locked and loaded last night. Look at the Penn State-Purdue game, and mm-hmm. it started out, and you said it in your update. It was awful early. Yeah. Awful. I want to stop right here because I wanted to mention Lisa Byington. She's really good. I she know we yeah. said this last year and probably mm-hmm. the year before. She should get more play-by-play opportunities, in my opinion. She did the game with Dickie Simpkins last night yes. on FS1, and he's, he grows on me at first. And, uh, but he grew on me as the game. When he clearly knows the game, sure. <laughs> let's be honest. But Lisa Byington was terrific. But the game itself, Jen, I didn't see this thing getting to overtime. Hats no. off to Penn State. Now they couldn't complete the comeback as Carson Edwards and Klein, who I don't think missed a shot. He certainly didn't. What do you have, six threes? Six out of seven. Six I think out of seven. And, and I didn't see the miss. So that's why I was referencing. I saw him make every single one of them, I'm pretty sure. But uh, that was a good basketball game. Yeah. Entertaining. Yep. Not very often you see 38 out of a college player. No, that's very true. And, you uh, and far was, between. We thought he was going to head for 40 at some point, and uh, he, w- he was big. Carson Edwards, one of the players of the year in any conversation when it comes to the Big Ten. All right, so then at 8 o'clock, and I know you didn't have an opportunity to watch it because mm-hmm. you've got chores, if you want to call it that. Yes, yes. Luckily, I got to see Purdue Penn State because we were out to eat. 
Oh, is that how you saw it? We don't have water, so there's no making anything. So, yeah. Can I add that to my insurance claim? I don't think they'll go for that. No, no. I don't. Well, you could try. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't hurt to try. Right? I had All they do so. is say no. Right. You did? Where'd you go? Any place? Did Roadhouse. That's not bad. No, no. I like it there. Yeah, I haven't been in a long time, yeah. and yeah, let's go out and see if maybe the insurance will foot the bill for it. You can always try. I uh, got home. I uh, got home. I didn't go anywhere. I uh, got to- uh, Yeah. I got to Dion in time for, um, in time for the uh, beginning of that. I thought that I would flip back and forth between my Jets and Columbus and Dion. Uh-huh. I didn't change the channel. I was absolutely glued to a remarkable story. Uh, it takes you back. You you think you remember most of what happened, mm-hmm. and then you see some of the behind the stuff, the scenes stuff. You remember, you know, Dion was right. If if the Braves knock off the Blue Jays in that World Series, Dion Sanders is the MVP of that World Series. Wow, he, he hit over. He batted over five hundred. Really, in the I- World Series. I remember him being a big impact. Yes. But not like that. But not as good as those numbers were, Trent. Wow. I mean, it was unbelievable. And he only got the start because David Cohn started game one for the Jays. And uh, he had terrific numbers against Coney. And, and game one went Dion's way, I mean, uh, statistically. And Bobby Cox couldn't take him out of the lineup. What strikes me, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't watched it, I'm going to shut up after this. Okay. Uh, Bobby Cox and John Sherholz. Two major players. I mean, the GM of the of the Braves, and of course Bobby Cox, the skipper, uh, did not want to be did not want to be a part of the show. Nope. Neither did uh, neither did Tim McCarver, who was asked to be a part of it. Can understand that one. Yeah, that was, um, and they they spent a lot of time on that. That was that was petty. Yeah, that was petty. And it was also twenty five years ago. It was. And here is the thing: if this was if if Twitter. If the internet, mm-hmm. if uh, well, a cell phones, but smartphones were around in 1992, we'd look at Deion Sanders a different way. In fact, I wonder, honestly, in today's day and age, what this would have done to Deion Sanders once, you know, the end of his playing days, in regardless of whether football or baseball, you know, what 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 would have happened to him because he wouldn't have been seen in the same light, Trent. Yeah, there's just no getting around it. I'm looking forward to this weekend and being able it's to. It's a great watch. It's an hour. It's an hour. Yep. An hour? Okay, yep. perfect. That that works well. Not one of those long three, four-hour ones no. that, that are difficult to get through, so that'll work out well. What an athlete. What an athlete. And is is there, for me, my favorite ones, and we talked about this the other day when we first kind of mentioned this, Dion, uh, 30 for 30 coming out, is ones that kind of were, well, as I was growing up, important things to me mm-hmm. during a time period when I was growing up. Is there one of those for you growing up, you know, back? Yes. That, that you would like to see? What is No, it? I've seen it already, and it was really well done. And I didn't bring it up when we were talking about our best. Uh, just the whole Gretzky thing. Gotcha. The Gretzky to yes. the Kings. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's well, he's the hockey. Yeah. The, Gordie Howe is Mr. Hockey. Mm-hmm. Wayne Gretzky is the greatest player statistically to ever live. Trent, this is a true story. This is how big Gretzky was in Canada. They televised his wedding nationally. <laughs> Honestly, it was, like, it was like the king and queen getting together. It was on it. It was like Charles, uh, uh, Lady Di, and, and Prince Charles. They and and I'm not talking about like a cable station. Yeah, the Nash, the CBC, which is like NBC, ABC, CBS. They broadcast his wedding to Janet Jones. You think about Unthinkable. that. Unthinkable. A hockey player, a sports figure. Imagine LeBron getting that. Well. <laughs> 
<laughs> kind of the same, yeah. Man, except hockey just moves. There's only one yeah. thing that moves the needle up there, and that's uh, and that's hockey. But when he was traded to the Kings and the tears and oh, it was massive. So yes, that would have been the one. <laughs> but going back even further than that, whew, I don't know. Um, well, Secretariat took me to the track. I mean, when he yeah. won the Triple Crown in 1973, I set foot on the racetrack as a 13-year-old for the 14-year-old for the first time ever, but essentially never left. <laughs> so that would be one. In the 60s, my, 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 sports, my two sports memories from the 60s, and I know it's Super Bowl Friday, we're going <laughs> to get to it. Learning to read the paper, and um, Hawkeye fans in my demographic will appreciate this. And you would you would know the name Kenny Plain. Yes, absolutely. Who was a Rose Bowl MVP in 1957. Um, but he played for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. His career took him to Winnipeg, where he remains to this day. And my dad would... The paper was big, right? It was yes, always big. Yeah. He would point out our name in the newspaper. Uh-huh. That's where I learned to spell Ken Plain. Right? Just like that. Just like that. I remember it like it was yesterday. And Bud Grant was the coach of that team, but I remember the Ken Plain. But my 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 first probably sports memory was the 1968 World Series uh, between the Cardinals and the Tigers. Uh, that year, uh, Danny McClain won 30, what, mm-hmm. he went 31, 31 games. Uh, of course, Bob Gibson's rolling, but it was Mickey Lolich, a left-handed pitcher who was the number two guy that actually won three games in that World Series. Won three of the four. To win the World Series. Not McLean. It was um, Mickey Lola. She was kind of built like you. Yeah. <laughs> Squatty guy, huh? Squatty guy. and uh, But a hell of a pitcher. And um, yeah, so that was probably it. So I would like to see that, I guess, is where I'm going. And I think there might be one uh-huh. on the Tigers. Do you remember the riots in Detroit? Was oh, it 67, yeah. maybe? You're in right range, yeah. I think I'm in the right. And uh, there might have been a 30 for 30 on that. So maybe I've already seen that. But anyways, those are my two growing up. So, But this one will be your wheelhouse. This I'm one is wheelhouse for you. It. Yes. It's really, really, really well done. Um Big spot tonight, Carver Hawkeye Arena. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go there first, and we're going to spend some time with Tom Kaker, likewise with Dylan Mods, who covers Iowa State. Uh, th- this Michigan team, Trent, as we said yesterday, and we basically said, um, you know, since we've you know, been on the air um, and basketball started again, this is a Michigan team that doesn't wow you with their roster. No, up and down it. There isn't a surefire NBA guy, right? There isn't the kind of talents that we've seen the last few years on this squad of guys that. Are going to be first round picks. Mm-hmm. Xavier Simpson maybe could be that guy. Mm-hmm. I, offensively, he still has a ways to go, but his improvement that he has made throughout the years has been incredible. And we've talked about him the last couple of days as a defender. But yeah, this isn't a wow team. Is this? Do you like? I I liked Iowa's chances last Thursday against Michigan. State. I know you did. Really like their chances mm-hmm. in four twenty six minutes. I was feeling good about it. Yep. We know what happened after that. I don't have a confident feeling, and maybe. Maybe it's because I was burned a week ago. That mm-hmm. maybe has a part of it. Maybe you realize Michigan plays some defense. That well, and that's one thing. You know, I, I had a buddy that brought up Iowa historically against Beeline. This this is a different Beeline squad. Frey McCaffrey yesterday in his press conference. I don't know if you. I you did not looked at the transcript. So he says the first question of the press conference. You ready for this? They've really changed defensively in Michigan the last couple of years. What have they done differently? There's the question. And do you know who posed it? Don't. Okay. Don't they don't have that in the transcript. Fran. You know, I don't know it's that much different. <laughs> That's it. Okay. And left it at that. 
How can you look at this basketball team? Or is he planting a seed uh, to his team saying, you know what? They play some defense, but we're going to score against them. Was he built? Was he putting confidence instead of striking? Not the not fear in them. Um, I don't know. You can go two ways on that. That is a weird answer. Do you think Tyler Cook's reading the, the transcript after the press conference? No, I don't. I would no, of course not. But um, I'm guessing that you know it's been instilled in the team since they last took the floor in Minnesota that they're. You know that they're going to have to guard, uh, play their end of the floor because they're not going to. Maybe they're not going to reach their season average in in uh, output. I don't know. I don't know what McCaffrey's doing. That is a weird answer. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. I'm trying to um, you know, soften it up a little bit. I'm not sure. If, I'm if you look at Michigan right and see that this is not a different team the last two years defensively, I don't know what you're looking. Well, at. they are, and, and clearly it's that. Yes, that it's the defensive coordinator position that mm-hmm. the guy that they brought in, Trent. He's made a huge difference, and they'll tell you that. Yep. I mean, Beeline will tell you that. Everybody that follows Michigan will tell you that that they are different. They're the number one defensive team in the in the country. You know, enough said. That's, Overall, yeah, number one, and they're Carver tonight. So. I mean, if McCaffrey doesn't see that, there's got to be there's got to be more to it. He's it was a, smart a weird basketball one. mind. Yes, it, it was a weird one. So the point spread comes out yesterday. Iowa three point. I was dog. shocked. I was shocked, and somebody got on there, and it was a really funny tweet. And I don't know if it was in response to yours. I think it might have been. Uh, Alexa bet infinite dollars on Michigan. Yes. <laughs> did you yes. see that? I did. I retweeted that one. That I one laughed at that. That was funny. Uh, but uh, the point spread is moving, uh-huh. as I thought it would, moving Michigan's way. To what now? Five? Five? Four and a half mm-hmm. uh, at your property at CG. CG yeah. By the way, Jason Symbol coming up, CG Technology 1135. And I'm looking right now at where the betting is happening. Now, this is offshore. 87% of the cash on Michigan. 77% of the tickets on Michigan. I'm not surprised. What do I like to do? Go the other way. Go the other way. And I, I don't think I, I don't can pull the trigger. Can, I can't. I don't know if you can. Here's what I hope. I hope Iowa plays well because it's going to be a apoplectic fan base uh, if this thing's a blowout. It just is. The way they're going right now, you forget about that five-game winning streak. You just do. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're in a good spot. Did you see that Joe Lenardi, and I'm sure you did, you retweeted it, Yes. Uh, has Iowa, not Iowa State, playing in downtown Des Moines. Right. He has Iowa uh, downtown Des Moines as a six seed with a potential, assuming they win that game, if Lenardi's bracket is correct, to take on Kansas uh, in round two. The storylines, I would say, and this is a guess on February 1st. Right. I mean, Lenardi's good. Shelby Mast is good. There's a lot of good ones. Right. Dave Oman, who we've had in the past, he's good. Mm-hmm. But especially when it comes to locations, outside of the easy ones, you know, Duke and Carolina will right, play right. somewhere in North Carolina. Right. Yeah. Seemingly every single year. Yeah. They'll play close to home. But a lot of that is the guesswork that you put in there. But if we actually get that bracket, the storylines, and there's tons of them. How about Otts coming back to Central yeah, Iowa? Yeah. With well, South Dakota State mm-hmm. because they were in in that pod. You have Iowa State's opening opponent. They play they had him shipped out to Salt Lake City playing Andrew Fleming. Remember him for the Hawkeyes? I do remember. And Lipscomb. Yes. <laughs> he plays okay. for Lipscomb. So you got that storyline. Just so many different things that are out there. If we get Iowa, Iowa State into Boyne, it takes it to a completely different level. We know that. But I pose this, and maybe more to Cyclone fans, because I think it's more realistic. What's more important? Playing the first and second round. If you get a choice, and your only choice, first and second round, you get to play in Des Moines, mm-hmm. or Sweet 16 Elite 8 in Kansas City. You can only have w- You can only have one. 
Now, there's a, certainly a path for them to have uh, both. The answer would be the latter. Absolutely agree you're with going you. going further. Yeah, well, yeah, you're already locked into the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. But imagine that. Mm-mm. Imagine an elite, a, a trip mm-hmm. to a Final Four. Right. After they'd just been there, that would be, what, three weeks prior to yeah. see their, uh, the, 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 the uh, conference tournament. That's re- going to be a fun tournament this year, Trent. I hearken back to the year that Illinois won it all. And they mm-hmm. were down big to Arizona in the Elite Eight. They played in, was it the old Horizon Center they played I don't in? Remember. It, it wasn't at United Center, but mm-hmm. it was somewhere in Chicago, regardless of where it was. Say there's 16,000 in the building, 15,550 of them sure. were Illinois fans. And I think you'd see the exact, unless it's Kansas, you would see the same thing in Kansas City. Well, we, we know how they travel. Boy, I've been going back and forth on these conference tournaments. I'm, there, there's obviously, there's three options, right? Stay home. Mm hmm. Go to the Big Ten in Chicago, which is my favorite Midwestern city. You love city. Chicago. I do love Chicago. Or Kansas City. And I'm not, I, whatever it is, I'm just not spellbound by Kansas City. Yeah. I just don't, it's not that I dislike the city. Um, and, and the P&L's cool. Yeah. I mean, you, it's elbow to elbow. It is. Um, the environment's incredible. The environment's great. The hotels, though, aren't... Uh, mm. You're not a big... And you spend more time in hotels than most people. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a great line in one of those commercials about um, the people... The, the, oh, I don't remember who, it, who it's for... But they're, they're, there's a family that's driving across the country. Yeah, in, 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 and I guess it's probably for a car. And boy, you're driving. I don't know why. I don't know why you're driving. Get on a plane, a couple of movies. Before you know it, boom, we're in the hotel room watching TV. <laughs> that's an underrated line in a in a commercial. I thought. They, anyways, we'll take a time out and do so on time here today, or as close to it as we've been all week. Tom Cakert is coming up next. We'll preview Michigan uh, and Iowa with Tom Cakert. Signing day right around the corner. We'll see if there's any news there. Dylan Mons on Iowa State and Texas in about 20 minutes. That's a huge, huge spot. Well, for both schools, but Texas needs it more. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. It, it cha- Well, if Iowa State wants to win the... I mean, they both need it. Yes. There, there's, no, there's no right answer there. Texas is 12-9. and nine. I mean, their, their resume is good. Strength of schedule yeah. is good. They lost to Radford, though, earlier mm-hmm. this year. A win like this certainly elevates. A home win against Kansas yeah. is nice. A road win against Iowa State... I think it'll be nicer come the end of the year. Well, uh, they're sitting right now with uh, four losses in conference, and there can't be a whole lot more of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully there's one on uh, on Saturday for the Longhorns, 1 o'clock. I think, what did we say it was, ESPNU or the big or the ESPN? I uh, can't remember which Whoever one it is. West I Virginia just, precedes yes, it, you yes. said. So make sure to have your app ready. Right, and then on uh, at 3 o'clock, CBS has Kansas and Texas Tech in a big 12 title fight as well. Uh, we'll take a timeout. Tom Caker joins the program next in the 11 o'clock hour. If you're an NFL fan, if you're an NFL fan of one of the, quote, local teams, have done this every year for the past, I don't know, 10 years or so, bring on all of our NFL, all of our NFL voices. So Nick Athens on the Chiefs. What we're going to do is we'll, you know, a couple of, uh, we'll, we'll, a couple of minutes on what the team has done in this part of the offseason, then we'll give them an opportunity to opine on the Super Bowl. So Nick Athen on the Chiefs, Jeff Hughes, the Bears blog on the Bears, Dave Sinekin, uh, theheadcheese.com, covers the Green Bay Packers and joins us on a weekly basis during the regular season for the Packers. Uh, we'll t- lots of ground to cover with Dave. We haven't spoken to him, and they made a coaching change. And then right. Tim Yotter, vikingupdate.com, will bring that portion of the program to the uh, to its end. Uh, Claxon's giveaway at 1145. We're jammed. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.
streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. Hi, Miller and Cotton in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Uh, the 11 o'clock hour NFL heavy barbecue giveaway from Claxons at 11.45. Look forward to that. Uh, um, all right, we've got Dylan Montz coming up. We've also got Tom Caker. In fact, Tom Caker is here right now. He covers the Hawks. It's the Hawks and the Wolverines tonight. Carver Hawkeyes sold out. Six o'clock tip. Tim Brando is going to be there. Raftery is not. I'm not, can't remember who the color guy is. Oh, and now that you say it, that, I can't either. It's Brando and someone. Someone. It's Tom Caker right now with Miller and Condon. Hello, Tom. How are you? Good. It's Donnie Marshall. Donnie Marshall. UConn. Indeed. Yes. Former UConn player. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Hey, Tom, before we get into the uh, into tonight, how about George Kittle cashing in on that good year, right? Um, he's got a good Skittles commercial. He's got a Visa commercial that I saw for the first time. Good for George Kittle. He is. Uh, um, I, I told him I, when I saw him at Carver recently, when he was back, I said, George, you're living your best life right now. Yeah. <laughs> he just is. He's having a ball. And if you've been around him, that's just his personality. I mean, he's just kind of fun, loosey-goosey, and, and and advertisers love that. And he's just a good dude, good guy to hang out with, and, um, and good for him. And he's got a great life coach, too. Not bad. Not bad at all. Hey, speaking of that, take us back. You do so much. Hang on, i got to stop here. A great life coach? Yeah, Pat Angers is. Oh, right. Nice. (laughs) Okay. So you do recruiting a lot at Hawkeye Report, part of the Rivals Network. This guy was a 200-pound wide receiver coming in, Mm -hmm. last-minute offer, probably without his dad's connections. I don't even think he would have maybe ended up with the offer. Take us back to when I recruited and did you see any way this guy, realistically, was it even realistic that he was going to see the field when he was a recruit? Yeah, this was one of my favorite stories. And you're absolutely right. If he's not Bruce Kittle's son, mm. there's no way Iowa goes after him. Or is he going to wear of him? Because he's down in Norman, Oklahoma. And he was a signing day offer. That morning, Iowa called him. Is that right? Day and, and said, we got a scholarship for you. <laughs> and, and that's just kind of Kirk, uh, I thought, you know, at the time, you know, just kind of doing a solid for Bruce Kittle, who's one of, you know, all-time coolest dudes you'll ever be around. And that's why that's where, he's so much like George. I mean, just just a solid guy. And, um, yeah, and I remember trying to track George down that day just to get a quote or two from him about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's just it, – it's just really kind of uh, – it's almost a Cinderella story. I mean, it really is because he was a 190 pound wide receiver uh, from Norman, Oklahoma, who um, develops now into the all time <laughs> yardage right. leader for a single season in the NFL for a tight end. It's um, incredible. It's remarkable. Now, he's marrying Riley Till's sister, is that right? Yeah, Claire, who, Claire Till, who played basketball at Iowa uh, for, uh, for Coach Bluter. And, um, you know, mom, Shelly, works. For the Big Ten Network, okay, uh, doing women's basketball. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's really, really awesome, and and uh, you know, it's fun to talk to George about how he uh, how he wooed Claire, and he always jokes about he was in the friend zone for like six months, and <laughs> Claire finally let him in, and and uh, then they've been uh, dating for probably about and now engaged. Um, 
but they've been they've, they've dated for all of pretty much college mm. great story really mm-hmm. good story good for george kittle uh wish him nothing but the best and boy oh boy he had an unbelievable year and uh, good that he's cashing in on it well tom this is a huge spot tonight michigan um i don't know if you have them you know as the best team in the big 10 they're certainly in that conversation if it's not one they're one a um they they lack the true superstar that we've seen on michigan over the years but they got a lot of good pieces obviously brisdikas and pool can fill it up and simpson's a terrific facilitator uh tesky the big livers off the bench uh, pours them in from anywhere this is a tough spot for iowa tonight uh, tom kickert it is um i think michigan's just really good and they've kind of built off of that tournament run last year and they lost some some big pieces from from that team with wagner and uh, duncan robinson were really good players for them but Bresdinkus is just you know kind of a revelation because I had to look up his ranking. He was a five star for us, and I had no idea. Was he really? But he, but he was, wasn't ranked because he's from Canada, right? So oh. we just don't, you know they they ranked him a five star, but he wasn't like in the national ranks um, mm-hmm. for for us because he just didn't play in the U.S. competition. So, um, but he's a hard guard. He's just super aggressive and tough and physical. And Charles Matthews is solid, and Xavier Simpson makes them go. I mean, he just does on both ends of the floor. He kind of keys their defense and and gets them going offensively. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Matthews. I should if he's a good player, too. He he really is the uh, transfer for Kentucky that was eligible last season and a big part of that run. Help us out here. Tom, were you at the uh, free and press conference yesterday? Yeah. So, first question, at least according to the transcript, asking about Michigan's defense. Fran response. It was your question, okay? <laughs> and you got, let's see, one, two. You you got nine words in response. What what's yeah. what's going on there? That was uh, a good question because I thought that was kind of a, a nice, you know, easy question Tee it up. to talk yes. to talk about and just kind of get them going a little bit and say, boy, yeah, they've really, uh, you know, they've been impressive the last two years with what they've done, and could talk about some of the things that that he's seen. And he just shot it down. They're, mm-hmm. they're, Good all the time. And, uh, you know, you look at the Ken Palm numbers and mm-hmm. they're basically, um, you know, 80-ish uh, in adjusted defensive efficiency the three years before um, Luke Yaklish got on staff. He's kind of their D coordinator. And last year they were three and this year they're one in the country. So it's a marked, marked improvement defensively. And it's not like the personnel has changed a ton and they've brought in just, you know, this hellacious group of recruits that are defensive stoppers. It's, you know, they're just, it, it's what they're doing structurally that's making a difference. Could you read into that maybe Fran being defensive about it? Because uh, uh, Beeline made a big change in the coaching staff, and it's he's obviously been very fruitful. Could you read it that maybe, way? Uh, I didn't at the time. Okay. Um, no, but maybe he was trying to, shoot down the idea that the follow-up question could be, should you hire a defensive coordinator? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Because that's essentially what they call Yaklish. And they do. On the bench, yeah. um, you know, when in the the first half when the when Iowa will be going down there, he's calling out the plays for other teams mm. and telling them what they're, what they're doing the Isn't whole time. Something? So, uh, I mean, that's just how intense 
that defensive effort is from the bench and on the floor. Well, Weisskamp and Bohannon, two guys that really need to get going, going to be tough to get going potentially against uh, this defense tonight. But, you know, back to my original point, Weisskamp, uh, last two, looked kind of like a freshman for the first time in conference play. And Bohannon has not, uh, uh, hasn't, we haven't seen his best work over the last couple of games as well. Two guys that really need to get going tonight, Tom. Yeah, Joe, other than that, Northwestern game has not played particularly well on the road in the Big Ten. And um, he's shown flashes at times, like a couple of plays, but he just hasn't gotten – he's a different player at home, I'll just say that. And he, um, he he has just not been as aggressive. It's just not his nature to do that, um, you know, to hunt shots. And I, I think he's got to do more of that. And – Tonight might be that night where he's got to come out and look look more to shoot. Um, you know, Bohannon has just kind of been content to move the ball, but teams are guarding him. When he gets, you know, 25 feet from the bucket, they're on him. So he's not getting a lot of space. I think it's important tonight for Iowa to try and push and transition and get some transition buckets to him, you know, going to the rim or some of those Bohannon uh, bombs in transition when he's bringing the ball up. They've got to be able to do that because Michigan in the half court is just suffocating, and they're particularly good at at limiting three-point shots. Tom Caker joining us, HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, uh, we've seen the the big guys play very well, Tyler Cook and Luca Garza. I know there has been conversation, though, about Tyler Cook. The turnovers may be becoming a bit of an issue do you buy into that at all? He's a guy that can beat certainly people off the dribble. Your thoughts on the turnovers with Tyler Cook? Yeah, I you know the Minnesota game that that one at the end. I think that's one he would probably freely tell you that he'd like to do over again. And I think that's just him trying to do something uh, and trying to make a play more than it is just him being selfish. I, I, I think he was just trying to get a bucket, maybe get a foul and cut it to one or two late in the game and, and, and make something happen. It didn't work. But um, mm-hmm. I'd like to see him in some of those situations, especially late-game situations, You know, get that rebound, maybe take two dribbles, but get it to a guard and then just run the floor and, and post up and, and get you the ball that way. So there's not as many, you know, hopefully not as many hands in there knocking the ball away like what happened uh, against Minnesota. Uh, Tom, last thing for you. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Uh, I didn't read the transcript uh, of the uh, press conference, so hopefully it came up. What's practice been like this week? Does does McCaffrey seem, uh, you know, let on that the team seems like they're ready to play? Maybe the conference's best team tonight. How's, how's this week been for the team since Minnesota? Yeah, they seem pretty positive. They worked on themselves a little bit this week with the kind of space between games and um, and that meant uh, a lot of defensive work. So I'm expecting that you're going to see a really uh, spirited defensive effort from Iowa. Um, and they're going to need to play great defense because you look at Michigan's numbers this year. One team has scored 70 more points against them. One mm. in 21 games. Mm. And eight, only eight have scored more than 60 in 21 games. And they're just really good and that's why it's almost like if i but i was eighth in the uh in the ken palm rankings and adjusted offensive efficiency and they're probably you know one of the three best teams that uh, they have played from an offensive michigan has played from an offensive perspective i think it's if either team gets a 70 that's your winner tonight 70 the magic number speaking of uh, magic any recruiting magic going on 
Final weekend before signing day on Wednesday. I know there hasn't been a ton out there with Iowa. And the recruits coming in this weekend? Yeah, they've got the the transfer from Rice coming in. They've got uh, uh, Harris, the defensive back uh, from uh, Illinois coming in. A couple other kids. I think they're going it, to – it's going to be a mix of transfer guys and a mix of – some prep guys that got a defensive end from Florida coming in that I think they'll get a commitment from. So um, I think they're probably ideally, they're at 80 scholarships right now, so I think they're ideally maybe looking at getting five more uh, before next Wednesday, but it's going to be maybe a mix of grad transfer. Um, maybe they'll sneak that punter in from Arizona State. <laughs> nice. Uh, that'd be nice, huh? Who uh, who wins the Super Bowl, Tom Cakert? Uh, don't bet against Brady. All right. Don't. Simple as that. Don't bet against Brady. Tom, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Tom Cakert, HawkeyeReport.com. Dylan Monst in 30 seconds. Just time to tell you that Hackfest 2019 is back at Copper Creek Golf coming up on Friday, July the 19th. Get your foursome together and get signed up today. You can go to KXNO.com to do that. Hackfest 2019. You won't have any more fun in a golf tournament than you will at, uh, than you will at Hackfest. Friday. Friday, the 19th of July, Copper Creek Golf. More details, kxno.com. Dylan Mons covers Iowa State. He joins the program. Of course, Dylan uh, with the Ames Tribune, amestrib.com, where you can read Dylan and you can read Travis Hines, the entire sports de- uh, department there, as well as the entire paper, amestrib.com. Dylan, Trenton, Ken, how are you? Doing well, and I'm glad to see you guys made it through the polar vortex as well. <laughs> yes, we did. It was, uh, yeah, that was nasty. Glad it's behind us and looking forward to the, what, mid-50s or something yeah. I saw on Sunday? Crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy. Uh, Dylan, we um, this is a big spot. Look, it's it's the middle of the Big 12 conference play, so they're all big spots. But, boy, Texas, they got a few feeling if they can put this one in the win column, they're right back in the Big 12 race. And I believe that, you know, if they do win, that they are right back in the Big 12 race. Conversely, Iowa State's got uh, an eye on winning the whole darn thing. Big for them. They're all big. But uh, this one, I don't know what it is. This just maybe seems a tad bigger because it's so massive for both schools. Yeah, and it all kind of centers around what Kansas has been doing. Obviously, Iowa State's been catching up a little bit in the standings, and they're kind of uh, they're getting closer to being around Kansas State and Baylor. And then um, the way Texas uh, took care of Kansas in Austin the other night, um, it, it does kind of have – it puts both teams in an interesting spot where Texas, you know, say they come in and win at Iowa State on Saturday, then they have Baylor, another big opportunity to kind of make up some ground. And then you look at Iowa State, if they handle Texas, um, that cap a two and all week, and um, they go to Norman on Monday, and in what I would argue is probably uh, their toughest game that they have left. So it's a really kind of an interesting spot for both of them right now. Um, and like you mentioned, all the games are important, but this one seems to um, like it could tip um, one program one way or the other. Saw a huge performance out of Lyndale Wigginton in the victory against West Virginia. Has he turned the corner? And you know, we've seen him play good games here after he's come back from injury. Is he at 100% now? Yeah, I'd say he's at 100%. Uh, And I don't know if uh, his issues at Kansas were anything health-related. I think it was just um, trying to do a little bit too much with what the rhythm was already established within the offense. But three out of the last four games, he's played really well. Uh, You look back to the Oklahoma State game uh, a couple weeks ago now, then you look at Ole Miss, he came in and played well. Mm -hmm. And then, um, uh, you know, against uh, West Virginia, I thought he, he looked as close to his old self or, uh, you know, right at his old self as he has all season. And I think now is 
is probably when you would hope he's starting to hit that kind of stride because um, they've kind of um, kept their head above water without him. But obviously, as, as Steve Prohm has mentioned a million times, um, they need like Lindell Wigginton to maximize their stealing. Um, Cameron Mard is another one that yep. they, they need to get going to. So I, I think he's probably um, you know feeling a little bit more consistent uh, than he has uh, all season and um, you know hunting his shots even if he isn't coming in. Um, you know, until seven minutes into the game, I, I think he's kind of maybe starting to understand uh, the rhythm and flow within the offense and, and where he can get his looks. You know, it's been a big talker, Dylan, and uh, Prom has poo-pooed it. Says it's more of a media-blown story, and I, I believe him regarding Wigington and whether he's going to start or not. Look, it's not uh, it's not broke, bro. I try and fix it, and if the last game is any indicator, I get it's the you know statistically or record-wise the worst team in the Big Twelve. But maybe, maybe he should be coming from off the bench, right? Maybe, maybe this was all media driven. Yeah, I think that's certainly possible. And um, you know, you can still come off the bench and play starter minutes. Sure. And it's it's key, obviously, to get off to a good start. You want those first four or five minutes to be solid and not feel like you're losing anything. But they really haven't. I feel like they've gotten off to, to pretty good starts. And then he's come in, and uh, you know, maybe if he's if he's playing as consistent as he is right now. Um, he can give them a little bit of a jolt if they fall into a wall at the six-minute mark or so. So I think uh, it probably is, uh, you know, it's more interesting for us to talk about and pontificate on than, than it is for Steve Prohm. But, uh, yeah, I think at this point this is kind of the lineup you want. And, uh, you know, and it's also kind of interesting to see how the rotation has been trimmed down a little bit. I know Zoran Talley got some early run against West Virginia, but they've really kind of got it to the seven guys and maybe stretched it to eight at points. But it's it's kind of those those core guys that they're rolling with right now. Dylan, uh, we saw some run out of Zoran Tally in the game, a sign of things to come or just a one-off against, frankly, a bad West Virginia team? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw him a little bit more. And I, I was talking to somebody about this the other night, and, um, you know, he's a senior. Uh, he's important to have, especially if, you get guys in the foul trouble with, um, you know, the, the unpredictability of Cameron Lard at times. If Michael Jacobson gets into foul trouble, um, Taylor Horton Tucker, you'll need guys to be able to come off the bench and give you some minutes while you kind of um, tread water a little bit. So I think it was, um, you know, probably twofold. I think it was to keep him engaged and to keep him, um, you know, in the rotation and have a feel for the game and, and what they're trying to get accomplished. But also uh, it was a good opportunity because it was against West Virginia and they've obviously um, struggled all year. Uh, Horton Tucker playing his best basketball of the conference season, would you say? Is it confidence? It, yeah, I think, uh, like we t- might have talked about earlier this week or last week, I think it's, you can hit a wall at times as a freshman where um, you're kind of getting to the part of the season where your high school season would be um, winding down a little bit, and sometimes you have to, to power through it a little bit or adjust to some of the differences in the game as the competition level ups. So I think uh, he's he's kind of really um, seemed to stay aggressive and confident. I don't know if confidence was ever necessarily an issue, but um, his aggressiveness, I think, is really okay. kind of what carried him through the, the maybe the trials that he had earlier on. But I think he's hunting his shot well. Um, he seems to understand kind of what they want to get accomplished and um, has, has had good rhythm within um, the offense. So I think uh, for him, it was just uh, staying aggressive. And, um, you know, obviously he's been invaluable for him so far. 
Uh, I think your mic is playing tricks on you, Trent Connors. So, Dylan, uh, I'll finish up with you. Of course, we'll talk to you on Monday before the uh, team uh, heads to Norman to take on Oklahoma. So how do you see this game? Key for Iowa State to win is what tomorrow over a, uh, a hungry Texas team who's playing pretty well right now. Ostakowski had his best game of the year, I thought, against Kansas by a long shot. He was engaged. And we know you look up and down that roster, they got some guys. Roach is filling it up. Uh, the freshman Hayes is 6'11 with a huge wingspan. February's off the bench as a gunner. Uh, what's the key to uh, Iowa State uh, coming out on top tomorrow? Yeah, I think it's handling Ostakowski. I think um, last year he, he put on a show in Hilton, and I think uh, you know being able to, to kind of contain him and handle him, run him off the three-point line, be a little bit more physical with him. Um, and then, if, like I mentioned, if they can get some solid minutes out of Cameron Lard and, and mm-hmm. have go more than six or seven seconds without him fouling. I think his presence is going to be be huge inside, uh, just because he provides you such a different look as a rim protector than than a Michael Jacobson does. Uh, and that's not taking anything away from him. But I think uh, you know if they can get maximum, uh, you know if they can reach the ceiling with guys like w- Wigginson and Mart, I think um, you know they'll be in good shape. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can kind of keep up the the consistency that they've started to develop here. Uh, have you heard anything regarding signing day for uh, the, the uh, coming up next week? Any any news? I see Campbell's still out on the road, or at least it looks like that on Twitter. There's coaches posting pictures of uh, of Campbell and some of the staff when they visit uh, any given school. What are you hearing football-wise regarding signing day? Any news? Yeah, so uh, they're still kind of – I heard Tom talking about Iowa going after uh, some transfers here, and I think that's kind of what Iowa State is in on right now, and then starting to kind of build the 2020 – uh, depth and, and put out offers, but I, I don't know exactly what they're going to do as far as the, the actual signing day ceremony. I guess it's going to depend maybe if they get um, any guys in this this late period here. But um, I'm, I'm hoping to have my sit down with uh, Matt Campbell sometime soon, um, so I can hopefully uh, report back to you guys some some good stuff. But uh, yeah, as of now, I haven't heard any concrete plans, but it, it wouldn't be surprising if there was some sort of get together on. Uh, February 6th. Good stuff. Thank you, Dylan. Appreciate you coming on. We'll talk to you on a Monday. Who are you taking in the Super Bowl? Uh, Patriots. Uh, I, I don't care that they didn't win last year. I think um, you know you can't really count them out. So I'll go with the Patriots. Another vote for the Patriots, Trent Condon. Thank you, Dylan. Have a great weekend. Yep, you too, guys. Thank yep. you. Good to talk to you. Dylan Montz, Ames Tribune. Have you got that figured out yet? Uh, do I? Yes, the answer is you yes. Sound, you sound, you can hear me. All Loud right. and clear. Everybody the last two days has been on the Patriots now. A so lot the, of early Rams love. Yeah, there was. Now people are coming back what's, the other what's way. What's the total? Do you know? Have we got more Patriots? Five. Prognosticators? Seven on the Patriots and five on the Rams. Seven Patriots, five Rams, and we've got one, two, three, four guests to go. Maybe we can put Jason on the spot, right? Sure. See who he got. So I'm looking at Matt Peralt on Twitter. Uh-huh. He's wearing his, he's got a t-shirt on. Championship, period. Below that, parade, period, repeat. I, this is one of the days I don't miss Peralt. I bet. <laughs> I'm sure he's got one Red Sox. Uh-huh. Uh, they, look, at that's been a hell of a run for that city sports-wise. After the dry spell uh, and what it was. Yes, they have. I mean, every, all, all four of the major sports have won a championship uh, since the turn of the century and multiples in the, in the two real noodle movers. Oh, that's a hockey town. Yes, it's absolutely. It's a Bruins town. We'll take It's a Red Sox town, but uh, but the Bruins moved the needle there. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We're going to uh, talk to Mike Hammond. Uh, this is um, not a paid spot, but Mike Hammond.
Hammond is Trent and I, professional tax guy. We'll do that on the other side. But don't go away because the 11 o'clock hour is jam-packed. If you're a fan of one of the air quote four local teams in the NFL, Chiefs with Nick Athen, Bears with Jeff Hughes, uh, Packers with Dave Sinekin, VikingsTimYotter.com, then to Vegas with Jason Symbol. Then we'll give away some barbecue. Uh, it's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This is 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Our final segment of the, this hour. We've got a lot of NFL conversation coming up. Mike Hammond, Vision Financial Services, joins us. Uh, Mike, Super Bowl. We'll get to uh, some tax tips in just a second. We've got a couple of minutes here with you. Glad you stopped by to do this. Uh, Super Bowl. Does New England versus the NFC champion Los Angeles Rams, does it do anything for you? Do you it, like the matchup? It does nothing for me. My favorite team each week is the team that's playing New England. Uh-huh. So you're a Rams fan this week. I guess I'm a Rams fan this week. And, uh, and not that New England is a bad pro. They're obviously a, a incredible uh, franchise, but uh, I used to get tired of New England every year. Uh, Patriots fatigue, Trent Condon. Yeah, there, there's a whole lot of that. Mike, you're a huge sports fan, and you know we'll, we'll get into the tax side of things here, but we know you like your basketball, you like your football, everything else. You were now watching the Alamo Bowl in San Antonio. But uh, oh, you were there? I didn't know that. Yeah. I was there. I made the, I made the road trip. It was a great, great time. Did you fly or drive? We drove. How long? Fifteen hours by the time we pulled in. Worst part of the drive was what? Texas was it? <laughs> That's a long part. That's of a it. long stretch. Did you hit the weather that accompanied some of the people? We, we well, it was chilly when we were the last couple of days. We we're in Dallas. So it was uh-huh. chilly, but it, when we were in San Antonio, it's actually pretty nice. nice. But Texas, a whole lot of nothing, right? So is Nebraska. And the Kansas Turnpike isn't very fun either. No, that's not very much There's a lot of nothing down 35, and that's a long stretch of it. But once we got down there, though, it was worthwhile. That was a good game, and and Iowa State didn't pull it off, obviously, but they sure sure were in the game. Did you stay on the Riverwalk? I did. Yeah, if you're going to San Antonio, you have to find... You're going to pay a little more, but where else would you want to stay? There's probably like 20 or 30 of us down there. I just can't hardly imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Everywhere you looked, you saw red. It it was an absolutely incredible environment, it looked like. So, you look at the future of, of football and the football program at Iowa State. Rarefied air here. The excitement level is through the roof. I mean, when you look at it, you've been following Iowa State football for a long time. What's next? You know what? What's the next domino to fall? Well, number one, we have two kids that are eligible for the NFL Combine. When's that? the last time we saw that? Uh, but I'm excited about it. Obviously, the uh, the recruits coming in are, are top notch. What's interesting is 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 Iowa State's at the point in which they can lose a couple of kids, juniors, superstars, uh, and uh, just reload. Now, when's the last time we ever talked about reloading in Iowa State? It's always been Never. rebuilding. Every year, mm-hmm. and so uh, it's exciting. A lot of, a lot of talent on, on on the bench that's uh, going to get a chance to play, and I'm excited about the program. What's next? Uh, do we dare say challenge for a Big Twelve? I don't know. That's a stretch, but uh, certainly uh, be contender. Mm, I'm not for, so sure it's a stretch. <laughs> I mean, I really, really like this uh, this this Purdy kid. Obviously, he's got nothing but upside potential. But if that's what you do as a redshirt freshman who showed up in Ames in June. Uh, boy, what's the next two or three years look look like for him? So, well, Mike, uh, we got a lot going on there. Also, a lot going on on your side of the world, away from the world of sports, and that is your day job. My yes. day job that pays the bills. So, as Ken and I both know, as we are our clients of yours have yes, gone out, are. and you have helped us out big time with our taxes. Uh, people are wondering. All right, when's the right time to get that tax appointment set up? And can you do anything right now with the government shutdown? Is everything good there, IRS? Or are we in good shape? Oh, what a great question. The IRS uh, is officially back in business 
for the moment. And we expect that they, uh, they're they not going to have a shutdown again. Um, we started e-filing tax returns on Monday, and they're being accepted, so so we're all good to go. But I talked with a couple of IRS agents, and, of course, they're subject to the shutdown. Mm-hmm. But for right now, we are scheduling appointments. We are putting together tax returns. We're e-filing tax returns. So far, so good. Uh, people can get a hold of you, of course, a Vision Financial. We're in, we're in West Des Moines. Yourvisioniowa.com uh, is, our, is our website. It's okay. Got, it's got contact information on there as well. So yourvision.com is how to get a hold of us you know what's interesting is is this tax law if you remember late 2017 the congress passed a new sweeping i mean big time tax changes and that's effective for the first time in 2018 so for the first uh you know last couple of weeks we've been all working our way through the new tax code it 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 impacts everybody in a good way or is it, i mean everybody's uh, different everybody's right? different for the most part it's a, it's a good way uh, but we have to make sure there's a lot of moving parts, both to individuals and to small businesses as well. So that's the key is, is working our way through the tax code, through the tax laws and how it applies. I think for the most part, uh, people are saving taxes. And so that's, uh, that's always welcoming news. And so as soon as I say that, then somebody's tax bill is going to go up, which <laughs> you're looking which, at me, <laughs> <laughs> which will probably happen. But, but anyway, for the most well, part, well. <laughs> it, it's just, it's just complex and it's different. Uh, virtually everything involved in that tax return has been changed. And so it's, it's a little bit tricky and you push the wrong button. Uh, if you're doing it yourself, uh, you can maybe get cut out of something. Get those tax appointments set up. But Mike, you, not just the taxes, but, Financial planning. I mean, that, that's a big part of vision, right? It really is. I'm a certified financial planner. And so when we sit together for a tax appointment, it's not just simply running through the numbers and the W-2s. I try to take a, take a look at people's finances. We talk through about 401k financing or funding, for example, IRA contributions, 529s. I mean, all those things that we need to talk to clients about. So it's not just about generating the tax returns and, and getting refunds. I like to take a holistic approach at people's situations and uh, and see if we can help them out. Give us the website one more time. It's yourvisioniowa.com. Yourvisioniowa.com. 11 o'clock hours next. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate you coming in. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.